heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and remind them that they're a difference maker. All right. We are wrapping up our series, The Difference Maker, this morning. Uh, Again, I mentioned the uh, new series coming up September 10, uh, Own the Vision. It'll be a very challenging series. I want you to be at every one. With my hospital run this week, I've asked Jeff to uh, preach next Sunday for Labor Day weekend. So uh, please come and give him an ear. Uh, I hope to be here to hear him as well, but uh, I just I just don't know what the doctor's got in store for me on that. But uh, we want to get back and, and get our fall off and running. And again tonight, our fish fry. Don't forget to come if you need a ride. We want to we'll come get you and make sure that you get there because uh, I, I want you to have a great great time. And uh, the Wilsons' new home is just beautiful, and they uh, uh, are gracious to let us come and, and share. So. Uh, and, and, and just be a part of their part of their family, their new house. All right. How many of you have ever received an invitation in your life? Any, see your hands. Invitations. We get them all the time. We give them all the time. Uh, we send them now with the technology we have. You can send an invitation by uh, by email, by text, uh, Facebook. Uh, there's just so many ways that you can send an invitation or get an invitation, especially electronically. Um, we will send invites out to our friends uh, via electronics that uh, we never could do before. You always had to handwrite it out and mail it to them and uh, wait for them to get it and respond back. Uh, wedding invitations. I, I ran across a couple that are really kind of funny, the, the mistakes wedding invitation mistakes um, I'd like to show you a couple of them uh, I think the bride and groom in this first one were terrified when they read it on Saturday the 14th we request the honor of your presence exactly I mean their intent is true right? <laughs> uh, they, they were hoping to get those but what was even more fun was how the RSVP came up. Please initial your entree choice, chicken, veggie, lasagna, ch- steak, or child. I'm not sure how that, <clears throat> how the child fits in, if it's a veggie child or, or what. But, uh, uh, <laughs> and then I ran across this one, and, and I mean, they were just having straight fun. Attendance. Will attend, will not attend, will say I'm attending, but then won't show up and send, or send a gift. I mean, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? And then under behavior at the uh, wedding, it says, Friendly, polite, I'm going to throw a punch at somebody. I'm just not sure who. <laughs> so, just straight up. Just, just invitations that, eh, you know, a little bit on the, on the rough side. But I want us to look at two invitations in John chapter 1 this morning that are very vital invitations. They were given by two people to two other people to get them to come to the Lord and be around the Lord. 
And I think it's really important that we see it. Nathaniel is extending an invitation to his friend Philip. Andrew is extending an invitation to his brother. And we pick it up at verse 40 of John chapter 1. It's there on the front of your uh, uh, handout. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. See, Andrew is a follower of Jesus. 41. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then what did Andrew do? In verse 42, Andrew did what? He brought Simon to do what? Come on, say that loud. He brought Simon to meet Jesus. Very important. In fact, I want you to underline that. Underline that phrase in your Bible or there on your handout. He brought Simon to meet Jesus. By the way, how many of you need a pen? Anybody need a pen? Jace, would you grab that basket and raise your hand right quick, and Jace will bring a pen to you. You're going to need it in a little bit anyway, so I'm going to make sure everybody's got a pen. Everybody got a pen they can use? Because I'm going to, I'm going to have you do something, and you're going to have to write in just a few minutes. Everybody need a pen? There's a, there's a hand. Anybody else need a pen? Anybody else need a pen? Okay, all right. Then looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, You are Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And that's really how we know him. We don't really know him as Simon. We know him as Peter. And when he came to faith, his faith changed. His whole world changed. His whole life changed. And Jesus became real in Peter's life because of the invitation of his brother. Because of that invitation. Look at verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, Come follow me. Now Philip's following Jesus. And he goes on to say, Philip went to look for Nathaniel, his friend, and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathaniel had a really interesting Response. Look at verse 46. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? That's like if you say, Jinx? Can anything come from Jinx that's any good? Nazareth, it was a well-respected town, but when Philip replied that, I mean, I mean, when, when Nathaniel replied, look what Philip said to him. Well, come and see for yourself. Underline that, would you? Come and see for yourself. Verse 47. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Well, how do you know about me, Nathaniel? Last, Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Now that verse tells me a lot. In other words, Jesus is seeking us even before we find Him. He's looking for us. He's watching for us. Even before we find Him. And yet, it took an invitation, an invitation for Nathaniel to find Him. Look at 47 as they approach that. Now, Nathaniel goes on to say, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. 
Now notice that Andrew goes to invite his brother Simon and come and see Jesus. Same thing with Nathaniel. These both encounter life-changing times with Jesus. I want you to think about your life. Can you identify the person who introduced you, invited you to come to church for the very first time? Now, if it was like me, I grew up in the church. It was always there. If you're like Bryant or my kids, the dad was a preacher, so you didn't have much choice. Okay? You're going to show up at church. Tina knows that. You show up at church. Well, I don't want to go to church. Well, that's too bad you're going anyway. You know, it really wasn't a negotiable point. Okay? But how about the rest of you? Who, who invited you? Was it a friend? You can shake your heads if you... What? Was it a family member? Was it your dog? I don't know. Give me some response here. Well, you guys aren't, aren't very with me today, which is most Sundays, but that's all right. You see, Peter or Nathaniel never would have encountered Jesus had it not been the invitation of a friend. The invitation of a friend. So inside your uh, handout, we've been looking at difference maker principles all, all month. And here's our last one. The difference maker principle is that my invitation for my friends and family to attend church with me can make an eternal difference. Circle the two words, my invitation. It's my invitation that can make a difference in somebody's life. And there are people in your life right now who need an invitation from you to come to church. Just this week, God has been working on me this week, about this all week long. And so it seems like I had time after time after time an opportunity to invite somebody to church this week. And rather than not do it, I did it. I went ahead and invited them to church. Had an interesting uh, encounter yesterday afternoon. I was here at the church and a uh, little Muslim girl came up and knocked on the door and wanted to volunteer. She said, I want to volunteer to help you at your church. I said, really? She said, yes. She said, I want to learn about Christianity. And I said, do you? <laughs> it always makes you wonder, why should we be skeptical? She's a very confident young lady. She's a senior at Jinx High School. Just lives in the apartments down here by Reesers. And uh, I said, well, I got her information. I said, I'll be back in touch with you. I don't know what she's after, but boy, she was eager to serve and she wanted to come and help any way she could. And the people that I've talked to this week and invited them to church, they didn't say no. Isn't that good? So if they don't say no, that's a good thing. So how can my invitation make a difference? Let me give you a few ways. Number one, believe that Jesus can change lives. Believe that Jesus can change lives. Your invitation, my invitation, makes an eternal difference when I believe that Jesus can truly change a person's life. That's where it starts. These two friends found 
their friends, their brother and their friend, and in, brought them to Christ. They, you come see Him for yourself. And when you realize how much God has changed your life, then you know that He can change their lives as well. He's forgiven you. He saved you from hell. Wouldn't it be great if that was the same thing that would happen in your friend's life? Not only did He save you from hell, He gave you the gift of life to go to heaven. Woo! That alone is awesome. We need to find people and bring them in. Look at our verses that I have there in, in for you. 2 Timothy 1.10 Jesus broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been saved. You have been given the gift of eternal life. You are ready for heaven. Jesus has changed your life. And so you should naturally then want to have your family members or your best friends come to know Jesus as well. Then Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus is talking here. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. What I love about that, I love about that, is that Jesus, it's like the, a, a yoke of oxen. It takes two. And Jesus is already in one side just waiting for you to come along and not pull by yourself, but come along and you're going to pull together. I love that. I love that. And so we need to be ready for that. And we need to be uh, ready to, to, to assist people in learning and growing in their walk with God. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe your life is better off now that you found Christ? Can I get a... a Amen in her hand, right? Okay. Don't you think, don't you think that your friend or your family's lives would be better if they found Christ? Could I see the same response? Sure. So why are we holding that in? Why aren't we inviting them? Number two, recognize that Jesus wants to use me. You want your friends' lives to be changed? You want your family members' lives to be changed? How's God going to do that? Who's going, who's going to use you to do that? Well, God is. God has you right where you need to be at this time to get done what He needs done. God's got you there, ready to do something for Him. In fact, you and I are God's Plan A to get the message of the good news out to people. Do you realize that? He doesn't actually have a plan B. God does not have a plan B. His plan A is for you and me to invite people and encourage them to know the Lord. Woo! That's it. Plan A, no plan B. Mark one seventeen. Jesus said what? Come to me, all you are burdened and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Uh, Mark one seventeen. Did I get that in there, Jeff? No, 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 no not yet. Not, that was the, uh, we just did that one. Mark one seventeen. I may not have put that in there because basically in, it says Jesus says, "Come, follow me." So he looks at these fishermen. Remember, Peter, Andrew, James, John. He says, "Come, follow me. Come, follow me." And that's what they did. They dropped their nets and they went and followed him. So that's where it starts. You've got, to, you've got to get the word out, and you've got to tell them, because you're the plan A. You're the plan A. And recognize that Jesus wants to use you. Number three, identify people in my sphere of influence 
to invite. My sphere of influence. I have a hard time saying that. Those around me. <laughs> Colossians 4, 5 encourages us. Live wisely among those who are not yet Christians, making the most of every opportunity. Live wisely among those. So, who are you going to invite? Now, I've got a little, uh, I've got a little card in your bulletin. This little salmon-colored card. All of you find that, would you? Can you hold it up so I make sure you got it? There you go. There you go. Four of you. Okay, that's good. Nobody else had it? It fell out of yours? It may have fallen out. That's, that's why I said that. Okay. Because it's not very big. I should have made a bigger card that would be substantial to find. Okay? I'll give you mine if you need one. Hang on to that because I'm going to ask you to do something with it in a little bit. But who are we going to invite? Uh, I've got a graph up there for you. The concentric circles. The first one that you want to spend time on is in the very, very center, the bullseye. And that's going to be uh, those that are closest to you, your family. Your family. So if you want to write that in there, you, you can. So you want to spend time working on your family. And they're the hardest ones to work on, are they not? And the reason they're hard to work on is that they know you better than anybody else knows you. And they know that if you're sincere and true and real, you're, they'll know that. But if they see you as fake and phony, they may not know that. So you see, they may be harder to work with, but that's where you need to start is right there. And then the next group that you need to work up to are your friends. You know, work with your family, but then also begin to uh, invite your friends and encourage them to come. You know, we have empty seats every Sunday. Let's fill them up. Right now, sitting in this room, there are 94 chairs. 94 chairs. We can do that, can't we? Actually, if each one of you would bring someone with you and yourself next week, we would almost fill this place up. Isn't that great? It can happen. And then if everybody would come back the next week, we'd have to carry in chairs. Wow. Just that fast. That's how it works. You invite, and then you bring. You invite, and then you bring. Well, I'm bringing my family, preacher. You know, that's fantastic. I'm glad you bring your family. But can you bring somebody else with you? Now, let's move on a little further out in the circles. We go to our co-workers. And we invite them. These are people that you are with day in and day out. I mean, you spend a lot of time with them. And then the outer section would be our neighbors, uh, checking on our neighbors. And we had our car show a week or so ago, and uh, a neighbor just two doors down from me won the grand prize. He has a slick-looking black Mustang, uh, 66 Mustang, I think it is. And uh, I had no idea that he entered that into our, our thing, but uh, i got to go down and give him a hard time. Said, well, now that I gave you a trophy, you either have to come to church or, or, you know, anyway, we'll see how it goes. Or give me the trophy back. Yeah, you can't, you can't keep it. So, you got spheres of influence, people around you that um, you know you need to invite. So I want you to take just a second and, and by each of these circles, I want you to write a quick name down there. A family member, a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor. Just write down a name right out beside them on your uh, handout there, would you? Take just a second and do that. 
I don't see all of you looking. I don't see all of you writing because you didn't have a pen and you wouldn't raise your hand because you wouldn't let me give you a pen. We still got pens. Jace has the pens poised and ready to pass out. Anybody need a pen still? Come on, write a name. If you don't have a pen and don't want to write it, just look down like I think you're writing. Number four. Number four on your handout. Care enough to extend an invitation to church. Care enough to extend an invitation to church. That's number four on your outline. The good news is that 50% of the people that you invite to church will come. 50%. I believe that with all my heart. You invite, you have 50-50 chance that they'll come, right? Now let me, let me show you how to move that up to 75%. When you invite them, say, hey, I want to come get you for breakfast, and then we'll go to church together. Or, hey, meet me at church, and then we're going to go out to lunch. Then it jumps to 75%, because now they've got a little more skin in the game. You see, you're going to give them something for their attendance today. And they don't know that we're going to hand them another gift when they come. But you, you bring them. But you got 50-50 chance just to invite them. But it's 75% chance they'll come if you add a little meal, a meal to it, breakfast or a lunch. I'm telling you, it's a great thing. Remember back in, in, in our text in John 1 when Philip says to Nathaniel, Come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. I just believe if you'll start bringing your friends to church, your co-workers to church, your neighbors to church, your families to church, I just believe that because of the way we are as a church, that they'll come and they'll want to be here and they'll want to be a part of things. We're doing some wonderful things at church. We're not a large church, and that's okay. Because we are, well, I just celebrate who we are, amen? We're a fun-loving group of people. And we love to eat fish. We're going to find out this afternoon. We bought 20 pounds of catfish. We'll see how you can do with that. Actually, it's 21 pounds because I think he left some ice on it when he, when he weighed it. It's going to be great. Now look at our verse, Acts 20 and 24. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Acts twenty twenty four. But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Now what work has been assigned to you? What work has been assigned to me? It's simply telling people the good news of Jesus. I was disappointed in, our, in my first message in this series. I had hoped some of you would write out your testimony and email it to me. And you didn't. There's still time. Would you, still, would you take that challenge? Would you write out your... Go back to that handout I gave you three weeks ago and work up your, your testimony and email that to me? I hope you will. I'm encouraging you to do that because I want to help you be better at what you do. I want to help you reach your friends. So let's do that together. And then number five. Number five on your outline. 
experience God's blessing in my own life. Experience God's blessing in my own, own life. As you invite friends, family, co-workers, and neighbors, not only will you be making a difference in their life, but it's going to make a difference in your life. Because you're going to begin to see God using you. God using you. When Corey baptized uh, somebody this summer, I asked him, I said, have you ever done that before? He said, nope, nope, first one. I'm telling you, it sticks to you. It sticks to you when you do that. Two things you won't be able to do in heaven. Two things you won't be able to do in heaven. It's not in your outline. Just write it down if you want it. Number one, when you get to heaven, you won't be able to sin because there's no sin in heaven. That's the good news. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But the second thing that you won't be able to do in heaven is invite somebody to come to Christ. Time will be passed. And if they're not there, that means they're lost. So always remember that you've got time. You've got time still yet to get that message out there, that invitation out there to get somebody to come to Christ. Because God wants to bless them, He wants to bless you, and He wants you to be a difference maker in their life. I'd like for us to look at that memory verse again. Jeff, I think I've got it on a slide uh, toward the end. And I want us to read it out loud together. Jesus is speaking here. Ready? Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus says, as you go, be a difference maker. And He says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And may God be with you this week as you invite someone to come to church with you. Because it's your invitation that can make an eternal difference in their life. Now what am I, I going to ask you to do with this card? Four names. Maybe you've already written them down beside uh, your concentric circles. Four names. Mark's going to come and he's going to begin to play. I've got a basket right up here on the table. And I want you to transfer those names. Put your name at the top somewhere. Because here's what I want to do. I'm going to spread these out this week, and I'm going to pray over every card that's turned in. Your name and the names that you put in the blanks. So would, would you take that challenge? Would you write down your name and then four other names? And while Mark's praying, I mean playing, and then I'm going to pray in just a few moments. And while I'm praying, would you come and lay that card in that basket? with the names on it, with your name and with these names, so that I can begin to pray and we can begin to pray for God to give you strength and courage to invite these folks. So as you're writing those names, pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for the day and the fact that an invitation was extended to us, each of us, at one time in our life. And we accepted that invitation. We ended up at church and then eventually ended up letting you be our Savior. And God, I thank, I thank you for each person that's in this room that, that is already a follower of Jesus. They know that they have eternal life. They know that their sins are forgiven. They know that eternity in heaven is secured for them. 
And I want to thank you for the purpose that they live for and that you've given each of us that purpose as Christians to serve you and to love you and to reach others. And God, that's where I want to focus the rest of my prayer this morning. On us making a difference. On us following you. And God, I'm praying right now that there would be those that might come forward and begin to put their cards in that basket. Father, would there be just one? Would there be two? Would there be maybe five who would bring their cards forward and say, Preacher, I'm going to do my best to uh, invite these folks to come to church and come join me at church and be a part of my church. God, your kingdom is big. And your kingdom encompasses a lot of folks. So I'm praying that just in our service today, would there be one person who might put their card in that basket so we could begin to pray and encourage and as we invite, believe that you're coming and believe you're going to use us and believe that we can do what you've called us to do, that we're your plan A. There's no plan B. And without us, people will never know Christ. So God, would you give us that courage? Maybe there's somebody here in this room that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Would you touch their heart today? Get them to follow through on that and to respond. And God, I just dedicate these next few moments. And when I say amen, we're, we're just going to let the music play for a little bit. And I just pray someone will bring that card and put it in that basket. And maybe someone will come and take my hand and say, Preacher, I need to make a decision today. Whatever it is, God, would you give them courage. In Jesus' name, amen. So Mark's going to keep playing. And if you have names on the card, and you'd put those in the basket. If you'd bring those up, I'd appreciate it. in our song of invitation and uh, we'll be standing and he'll lead us in that uh, still fill out the card and still bring it as we stand and sing together God's moving in your heart to make a decision would you today
for bringing the cards up and we'll be praying over those and uh, I'll be in the hospital for a few days so I'll have a great time to pray uh, for all those names. I appreciate you bringing those up this morning and um, please, please, please invite someone. It's always critical that you do that and uh, that's what God wants us to do. Don Baker is going to close in prayer following that our uh, closing chorus there. This is Amazing Grace that Mark Alitas, Mark and uh, Jeff and uh, Misty Alitas and uh, tonight Five o'clock over at the uh, Wilsons, thirty four o two West Urbana Street in Broken Arrow, ninety first and one twenty nine, one hundred twenty ninth, right in that area. So come, be a, be a great time to fellowship, and we'll thank Sam ahead of time for doing all the cooking of the fish for us. So appreciate that, and y'all bring all the other stuff, and we'll have a great time fellowship. Don, if you would please. Thank you.